Welcome back to STVC Podcast. We're back with season three. Finally, I know that many of you have been actually waiting for new podcast episode updates. So Mary and I have a really exciting episode for you today. We actually have our first episode of season three will be Welcome back, Pastor Jordan from your sabbatical. Yay. I'm back. (laughs) (laughs) No, Jordan, we're we're so happy to um, have you back, first of all, as a staff and as a teammate. Mm -hmm. But also, I'm sure our church people have missed you and want to hear all about your sabbatical stories. So we thought it'd be a great idea to do a podcast episode on it. And you get the honor of being the first episode of season three. I do feel very honored, especially because my invitations to the uh, exclusive podcast SDBC have been... Fe- no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> You've had some of the most invitations we've had. Yes. I'm, I'm always excited to be invited onto the onto the show. Yeah. No, we... I know that um, a lot of our church people, they were super excited to see you go on a sabbatical, especially given that you have a very young family. Um, Christiane mm-hmm. and Lennon were able to enjoy you a lot more than uh, they normally get to enjoy you because you were home much more often. I don't know if that was... a Always a good thing for Christianity. Arguably, maybe uh, too much, but you know what? Here we are. Yeah, but for some, for those of you who are um, not regular attenders of our church, um, Pastor Jordan went on sabbatical starting in kind of July-ish, and um, he just came back this week, literally. Um, this mm-hmm. week was his first week back um, at the time of the recording of this episode. And uh, he's just getting back into things, uh, catching up on emails mm-hmm. and catching yeah. up on three months of activity in our Mm -hmm. church, which is quite a lot actually. Um, And Jordan and I have gone for lunch and try to fill him in on some of the things that we've been working on, long-term projects and stuff like that. But um, I think our listeners would be very interested in hearing, first of all, like, how was your sabbatical? Um, Like, share with us, please, um, like what you did, but also how you experienced it, because this is your first sabbatical in your career, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, no, uh, it was uh, was overall fantastic. Uh, so yeah, my sabbatical started early July uh, and went just up until this kind of Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, and so yeah, there was kind of I would almost say two phases uh, to the sabbatical. Uh, July and August, where you know it's summertime and naturally people go away on trips, and so there's that vacation element to kind of the summer months. Uh, and so definitely for July and August, um, there's I mean, Christiane and Lena had some trips planned with family, just us. Uh, but then by the end of August, as as just naturally the season starts to shift, especially with uh, the the typical fall lunch, whether that's school for those of you with kids, or just in our church calendar, the big fall lunch where everything is kicking off, uh, that was really weird, uh, definitely, <laughs> you know, and that was almost kind of phase two of my sabbatical, where really that's where I think I felt the full impact of a sabbatical, hmm. um, especially because at that point in time uh, I'd already kind of gone through two months where I, I had very sparsely checked my email, mm-hmm. so I had decided I would do a, a quick check at the end of July, quick check at the end of August. Um, and then after that, once I was back in the office, so September was a, a unique kind of a mm. month for the sabbatical, um, just in light of just really being disconnected and, yeah. and not checking email. Um, and I would say that, uh, definitely the, the church family staff 
honored that kind of a component of mm -hmm. the sabbatical, allowing me to be disconnected and mm -hmm. to detach, mm -hmm. um, to really be able to connect with God, enjoy time with family, uh, and to kind of rejuvenate uh, and and to, to dig into some school as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that later mm -hmm. too. But um, I feel like you may never, I mean, we, know, we don't know the future, but you may never get a September like this ever again, because mm -hmm. as Lennon continues to grow up, eventually she's going to hit that preschool age, kindergarten, grade school, and... And then even if you are off from work, even if you take vacation in September, which we rarely do, I guess, because of the fall launch and stuff. But even if you did, you know, your kids will be busy. Your family will be busy. Your wife's a teacher. So that's a that's a go back to work kind of season for her, too. Right. So, you know, September will maybe never be like this again. So, yeah, mm -hmm. that's extremely unique, especially for your workflow and your family's workflow. Mm -hmm. um, but just yeah, just on that. It's so part of, I think, the the. Um, maybe weird is not the best term to be using, but, um, you know, I generally enjoy September, right? Mm -hmm. uh, usually, you know, you go on some vacations in the summer, but we at, at the church, just because of the nature of ministry kind of settling down in the summer, August is a big planning month where mm -hmm. you get excited to be able to ramp up for the fall mm -hmm. launch yeah. and Thanksgiving. And we then- We planned Christmas without you. Exactly. Well, that's just, no, but like, yeah. but so, so for me, it's almost like salt spring. You know, because of COVID, we weren't able, the youth group wasn't able to go on Salt Spring. Mm -hmm. Well, prior to COVID, for 25 years, I've been going to Salt Spring. Yeah. And it's such a part of my life and something I look forward to. I'm excited. It's, you know, there's a lot that goes into it, but I love it. I would almost, I, I feel the same way about the fall launch at the church. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so to, at the end of August, to realize that I'm disconnected from that and not a part of it, it was like, a, oh, this just feels different, yeah. right? Because for the last, you know, since I've been 22, I've been in a church staff context, you mm -hmm. know, whether it's an intern, youth director, associate pastor, and my yeah. current role, executive pastor. So it was, that was, uh, yeah, very unique. Yeah, well, especially because you did a long stint in the youth ministry as well. And of course, September mm -hmm. is like a huge mm -hmm. um, kickoff. I remember when I first came here nine years ago, uh, you did, I think, Mud wrestling was it outside? Yeah, yeah September fall launch. Fall yeah, <laughs> yeah. So like, it's a big event. It's a lot of setup, a lot of planning, a lot of uh, recruiting volunteers and and getting them riled up and excited for a new season of ministry. And so yeah, this is definitely like, especially given the last two and a half years with the pandemic mm -hmm. and now this. And and also you've had we should acknowledge that you've had a weird schedule accommodating my study leave in May and June. Mm -hmm. um, normally pastors like to go away like you know June, July, August and then come back in September um, after a sabbatical. That's kind of very typical in our industry, right? Um, but because May and June, I was off, and we wanted at least a week or two for you and I to overlap before mm -hmm. you went off on your sabbatical, um, it ended up being that you took a very interesting kind of time period off. You took, yeah, July, August, and then September. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and now you're back in October, which actually in hindsight, I think it worked out well for us, uh, for our team. Um, um, one thing that I think our church people maybe don't see because they get to see you on stage, they get to see you in your ministry contexts and sermons and stuff like that. But uh, you're you're you are indeed our executive pastor. You do a lot of our admin work and planning. Planning is one of your strengths. Um, you encourage us as as a team to do that well. And I thought um, what stood out to me in this sabbatical that you took from our end was that you've delegated well, so that our team actually functioned really well without you. Like. Not saying that we didn't miss you and like we didn't need you. We totally felt that, oh, yeah, we are definitely short staffed. Mm -hmm. uh, normally, Jordan would be able to handle this, but now we got to um, find someone to do that. 
But having said that, Kylie did a great job with mm, the communications yeah. without you here and Mary and myself and Jason and Sue and all of us, like we, we were able to function really well because that's your leadership style. You like to delegate, you like to set up structures and let people go free rather than micromanage. So are you saying that I can not be here every September? <laughs> oh, interesting. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you said you love leadership September. development. <laughs> All right, everyone, I uh, delegate to you. <laughs> Wake me up when September ends. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. I, it, it, I thought that was actually quite impressive. Um, and we got to enjoy a unique season in our church, too, because while you were away, um, we experienced quite an interesting um, growth. Mm-hmm. Uh, even mm-hmm. on Sunday mornings, a ton of people that you probably won't know when you come back uh, uh, on Sundays now, and also a, a huge growth in diversity, um, different generations and demographics, different eth- ethnicities and backgrounds. Um, so our church is growing in diversity and in number, and mm-hmm. it's an exciting season. And as a team, I think Mary and I can speak for our staff that we're super excited for you to be back because, yes, you've done a great job delegating, but of course we all missed you, and we we need our full team and full strength back as we gear up to uh, serve a growing mm-hmm. congregation, mm-hmm. which is super exciting. One of the staff members said it said it well yesterday when they said, "Welcome home, Jordan." <laughs> it's good to have you back. Um, I want to hear all about your school because you just started some schooling, right? Yeah, no, that was one of the components to the mm-hmm. sabbatical was an educational component. And so, oh, wait, 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 correction though, resumed. Resumed, sorry. After a long hiatus. Started so, resuming. Yeah, there, there's some debate as to how, how long do you have to be out of school for it to, to be, be restarting restart. versus resuming, regardless of whether the credits still apply. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, I went through a process of um, applying uh, to resume or restart my studies at Axe Seminary. Uh, and uh, so the, the program I'm in is a Master of Arts in Christian Studies. Yeah. Uh, and I was enrolled in this now almost a decade ago. So yeah. that was actually, wow. you know, the break, <laughs> right? And it's it's remarkable when... Uh, when you when I hear that to think wow <laughs> that's actually how long I've been out of school mm-hmm. uh, and so uh, because of that I had to maybe uh, I had to go through more of a elaborate application process mm-hmm. uh, to demonstrate for example that I could still write at a master uh, mm-hmm. master's level but um, <laughs> yeah after going through that I was accepted into the program and so that's actually been really exciting uh, it's mm-hmm. been fun I'm currently just I decided to kind of ease back into uh, school uh, by taking one course uh, and then uh, also be a great way to kind of feel out what the impact is on my schedule now that I am back mm-hmm. at work. Uh, most likely I'll just kind of continue taking a course per semester unless mm-hmm. I feel like I can do two in a semester. Um, but um, it's been it's been fun being back in school actually. And are they online? So this course that I'm taking right now is all online. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so actually, ironically, all three of us in this podcast attend mm-hmm. the same school now. Yeah. Um, Mary technically isn't a student of Acts, but she is a student of Northwest Baptist Seminary or Northwest Seminary and College. Mm-hmm. Um, I also attend school there. I got, um, I'm almost done, but um, I'm taking my sweet time finishing up here. <laughs> and then Jordan, you're now enrolled in the program. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm on, I serve as a board member at Northwest uh, Seminary as well in Acts. And um, you, uh, well, we will um, have uh, Dr. Barton pre- come and preach on hmm. this coming Sunday, who is the new president for Northwest. So it's a part of our fellowship family too. So I'm quite excited that um, you've chosen to um, do your schooling there and it's a good school and 
we supported as a church and as a community of um, churches as our fellowship. So I'm excited that you've been able to resume your studies too. Um, one of the things I guess that people don't really understand sometimes because if they haven't been in pastoral ministry or church staff work, um, they may not understand, hey, what's this deal with sabbaticals and why do mm-hmm. pastors do it? And first of all, not all pastors do it, not all pastors get it. Um, and I think I don't think there's a right answer, yes or no. Um, but we're living in a culture of um, vacation time and and breaks and and pacing ourselves is becoming very important um, with all the conversations around mental health, but also burnout in our mm-hmm. um, ministry context. We've been guilty of um, um, burning out pastors and staff in the past, not just here at SCBC. I'm talking about like we as in North American churches mm-hmm. in general. So we're learning to do um, better, I think, in this area um, in in the more recent years. One of the things I think I wanted to share with our listeners in the podcast is what's so unique about churches, working as a church staff, working as a pastor. And I think one of the unique factors, and Jordan and Mary, you guys can speak into this as well, but I think one of the unique things is that usually nowadays um, there are dual income families. Right, that's very common. Most of our staff members have dual income situations. Uh, Mary's husband works. Um, my wife works as teacher. Like I said, uh, Pastor Jordan's wife also works. And the interesting part of that is that they all have regular hour jobs, mm-hmm. uh, Monday to Friday, set hours kind of a thing. And we don't. We have not only evening commitments because if you want to meet with our church family, they all work. So we have to meet with them after hours. Um, But not only that, um, we also have evening commitments and Sunday is a pretty big day for most of us here. And because of that, that means our family routines don't align so easily. And also, I just thought about this recently because we've had all sorts of long weekends here in BC (laughs) in September. And I realized, oh, I guess our team doesn't really get to enjoy the fullness of long weekends that often. Like how many times do we actually get a real long weekend? Because mm-hmm. Sunday is still there, yeah. right? It's not like church is canceled. And oftentimes, uh, long weekends can be sometimes, at least for me, more stressful. I still have to preach. I still have to get the same amount of work done. And then done. you're just a day behind. Yeah. So um, I recognized, oh, you know, having about 10 or 11, arguably, in BC, um, stat holidays, those are great. Um, but I mean, maybe we get to enjoy one or two of that if we happen to take vacation time. So the regular rhythm of having periodic rest in a long weekend setting, um, our team doesn't get to enjoy. Um, And also uh, the second reason, not just the rhythm part of our families being tricky to uh, wrestle with, but I think another thing that um, uh, is a little bit tough for us is that there's no separation between our work life and personal life. Uh, We've talked a lot about growing deeper together as a church and sharing life together, doing life together. And we as pastors and we as staff, we try to demonstrate that we we do that too. Mm-hmm. We don't just preach it and teach it to others, but we want to live that too. So Jordan, I mean, I just visited your community group yesterday mm-hmm. and hung out with the, uh, your crew and um, it was fun. And uh, Mary's actively a part of a community group and so am I. And we love our groups and, and we love sharing life. Even outside of our community groups, we have close connections, friendships. Um, normally when people have things that they do, maybe mistakes they make or decisions that they make that impact the workplace and employees, um, normally um, people who complain about it or c- people who have concerns about it and talk to you about it, um, they're your workmates, not necessarily your family members or your best friends or people who share life intimately with you. Um, in our case, a lot of times that line is completely blurred. Mm-hmm. Um, the people that do want to talk about and have concerns about the decisions I might make 
are my closest friends mm -hmm. and are the people that I share life with intimately on a regular basis. And I think that lack of separation sometimes could add a, a different kind of stress to the work um, environment that we're in. And I think um, it's it's important for our church people because a lot of them ask, how, how are we doing? How can we pray for you? I think that's one thing that um, many people don't think about when they think about pastors and pastoral ministry, especially because um, I, I personally believe our roles as pastors aren't, it's not more important or it's not more holy than a person who's serving as a teacher or a police officer or a flight attendant or accountant or custodian or whatever job that you might have. I think we're all called to be faithful and no job is holier or more important in, in the eyes of our Lord. Um, however, there are differences and um, there are different perks for every work and there are different um, challenges. And I think just to let our people know who haven't had this uh, work environment, I think those two things, uh, the irregular rhythm um, that uh, makes our families have to kind of pay a little bit of a toll um, to allow us to thrive in ministry because of the rhythm. And a lot of other workplaces do that, like shift work. And um, and then the other one would be, yeah, that blurring of line with personal life and work life. I think this is why for our church, we decided to give our pastors uh, sabbatical. After completing seven years uh, of service, um, we're entitled to apply for a sabbatical. And uh, you've been able to enjoy three months. And I think that was a good thing for the longevity of your role here. And I hope that's also one way of expressing, and it's, it's a work perk. Like, um, mm -hmm. you know, we could spiritualize it because I think everything is spiritually um, uh, implied, but also it's a work perk. We are a workplace too. And we gave it to you in your contract and we're happy to honor it. And that's one way of showing not just you, but um, Christiane and Lena's too young to <laughs> um, appreciate it now, but to, to let your f family know that, hey, I, I know that your family gives up um, you know, time with Jordan so that uh, we could be served by you. So we wanted to tangibly express our gratitude and, hey, here's some time that we want you to spend, um, quality family time, hopefully. So on that note, uh, were you able to enjoy some quality family time as well? Like, I know you've had some good personal time with spending uh, in the Word of God and starting school, but... Were you, were you and Christiane and Lennon able to like enjoy quality family time over this? Yeah, no, definitely. You know, I think uh, going into the sabbatical and having different ideas of trips and, and ways that we were going to spend the time and different parts of um, the summer being carved out for whether it was school or uh, I had the opportunity, honor and privilege to officiate a wedding. Um, you know, one of the things that uh, I didn't necessarily think about that that was a huge blessing in the sabbatical was being able to spend time with family. Uh, obviously, I love my wife, but very specifically Lennon, you know, because <laughs> she's at uh, the start of the sabbatical was just about nine months mm -hmm. and now she's almost a year old. Mm -hmm. And so being able to spend the last three months, um, whether it was just waking up in the morning with her and kind of spending time like that or doing little trips in the afternoon afternoons or uh, we did do a couple of bigger trips as well I do recognize the uniqueness of being able to spend that time with her um, and I also have a, I think a bigger appreciation for um, anyone who takes a paternity or a maternity leave and the transition of of going back to work mm -hmm. right um, you know I spent the last three months uh, with uh, Lennon and so obviously I'm excited to be back at work but then it's kind of like waking up this morning I was like oh I should spend time with that. oh we got a shower and get ready for uh, <laughs> going to the church and and so um, you know I, I have a bigger uh, 
have a different appreciation now for some of the challenges of making that transition. But yeah, I would say that that was one of the things I didn't necessarily think too much about going into the sabbatical, but it was just a huge blessing to be able to spend that time with her. Yeah, I mean, when we, we're we really interesting workplace, right? Because when we um, um, elect elders or pastors, we also interview like our wives and um, one of the reasons is that we need um, to make sure that we're committed together as a family. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's a huge part of what we call calling, right? And I think it's important to recognize that um, spouses and partners are are part of the ministry that we do here on staff and elders' wives as well. They're, they're part of the ministry that the elders do and, and how they serve the church. So I think it's really important to recognize that um, yeah, the families actually need to adjust um, their expectations of what church life is when your husband starts to work as a pastor or when your wife starts to work as a church staff. Um, it impacts um, them as well, right? Sundays look different. Their mm. routines are different. I remember someone saying, hey, it's really important for me to sit with my wife um, at church. And then Pastor Jeremy at the time, my brother-in-law, said, hey, oh, yeah, I guess because I've been leading worship at this church for quite a while, I don't know when the last time it is it was that I sat with my wife at church. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And same with me for various reasons. One reason is I always sit in the front because I got to get ready to go up on the stage. And that's kind of the routine that I fell into. And um, Sarah sometimes joins me, but like she doesn't particularly like <laughs> to sit there. And most of the time I'm up there on stage anyway, mm-hmm. and she's serving in children's ministry. So it's um, it's something that's unique, um, if those values and some of the things. And Mary, I'm sure you and Phil had to adjust as well when you started working vocationally at a church did you did you have any things that you didn't really think through when you first started but realize it's going to impact your family yeah definitely the evening commitments Mm -hmm. the evening commitments and just those little things like sitting together in church or going to you know different events together um but he's been very supportive so it's been a pretty easy transition but it is a lot of time like you were saying in hours that um aren't normal hours so Mm -hmm. to speak Mm-hmm. And I think the difference between shift workers and us is that shift workers in the normal world, they get compensated for the fact that they get uh, um, very <laughs> weird hours. So if, if the same job was done by someone who works nine to five versus someone who did a graveyard shift, the rates normally are very different. Um, in our case, it's not really that way, right? So it's still the same kind of hours and stuff. So I think it's it's everyone has, every workplace has their own challenges. Mm-hmm. Uh, for us, there's also the spiritual burden uh, that a pastor carries for the church family as well. And I think a time of rejuvenation is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's been so many uh, research papers done on, you know, the the importance of rest. And, and we've done podcast episodes mm-hmm. and sermons about the importance of Sabbath and why God was so wise <laughs> in commanding this of us that we ought to make sure that we recognize our limitations, that we, tr- we exercise expressing our trust in God by resting in Him. And so a sabbatical can be a wonderful tool for a pastoral, a vocational pastor to actually take that um, and, and extend it into a longer t- duration. So did you, how did you think about the length, the three months off? Um, was, that, was that enough for you to actually like completely disengage and let your mind be, um, you know, not thinking about work and things like that? Yeah, I, I think so. Once again, you know, the the schedule of my sabbatical probably factored into how I kind of processed the sabbatical. Uh, July, kind of, we went right into a couple of family adventures. Um, August, you know, uh, officiated a wedding, like I mentioned, did some school application work, and then uh, we did a couple of trips in August. So, 
once that end of August hit and we transitioned into September, that's when it was kind of like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm not a part of all the fall kickoff. And I stopped checking email at the end of August. And so really that was a time where I was able to fully kind of disconnect mm. completely. Um, and so for me, the that three month, and I would almost say, you know, it's similar to anybody who goes on vacation. You know, if you've ever gone on a one week vacation versus a two week vacation, the hmm. one week often feels too short because it takes you that four or five yes. days to fully kind of unwind and disconnect. And then you're already thinking about going home. <laughs> Whereas a two week vacation, you kind of are like, oh, okay, yeah, now, yeah. now I am really mm -hmm. kind of relaxed and enjoying myself. Definitely once September hit, I had to also be intentional with my time mm -hmm. um, because I had so much of it. And so uh, I was able to really just lean into time with God, time with family, and then uh, the school um, component, some mm -hmm. of the school material that I was engaging with. So mm -hmm. yeah, I thought uh, the three month um, kind of window of time was at least for me ideal. Yeah. Cause I mean, like we, we, we try to give our team ample um, vacation time and things like that, but also like none of us really take, well, maybe I shouldn't say none of us, but most of us don't take um, extended breaks all at once. Right. We don't take all of our vacation in one um, section. Um, so I think it's, it is quite unique. Like I don't remember the last time I took, two weeks in a row off right mm -hmm. like that was there uh next year i'm scheduled to take like 12 days off in a row i think i think that's like the first time in my i don't know other than my honeymoon i think maybe mm -hmm. um so so i think that's... you might be a bit of an outlier though <laughs> pre-covid i uh, enjoyed my adventures to hawaii although in this high inflationary environment it doesn't look oh, like no. i'll be doing that anytime soon <laughs> yeah it's 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 quite interesting that um like the world is changing to the community and i love um seeing and i love talking to people in other industries i'm so again and and please don't hear us wrong um thinking that oh yeah we think pastors have more difficult job no we don't think so at all i have so much respect for nurses and police officers and everyone else who also has their own mm -hmm. unique challenges and i love talking to them about it and learning their context and stuff uh, one of the things i've learned though is yeah the dual income um, impact isn't just that oh traditionally a lot of the uh, wives used to um, stay home and husbands used to be the breadwinner but now clearly is not uh, the case anymore for most families not only that though when when both of you guys are working full-time that means the other spouse who used to just work and have someone to trust that everything in the home front was being taken care of now you have to share that load too so both of your load also increases mm -hmm. right well at least hopefully right yeah. <laughs> hopefully that would be the case um so i think that's also uh, been quite interesting to see the dynamics change in our in our world and also the this new emphasis of you know taking care of your mental health taking care and taking breaks um, what does that look like for all workplaces and all industries across right maybe they'll take a chapter out of the sabbatical idea and allow certain positions that have you know a higher degree of um, difficulty in separating work and and personal life and maybe those jobs will um, get some unique opportunities to recharge like mm -hmm. this. And I do believe God was very wise in commanding us to, you know, remember to take rest and rest in him. And so it sounds like your your rest was also very intentional, like you're saying. You got to be intentional with your mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, somebody, a couple of people um, who have had opportunities to take sabbaticals uh, in their careers, um, their advice was, you know, it, 
yes, you'll have a lot of time, but if, if it's completely unstructured or if you don't have kind of a, a plan or different things that um, you're going to tackle during that period, it can just kind of slip by quite quickly mm-hmm. and, and feel like you didn't necessarily do life-giving rejuvenation, mm-hmm. right? It's great to take time off, um, but there's a difference between, you know, taking time off that is just kind of unstructured versus things that are life-giving, whether it's goals or tasks mm-hmm. or challenges, that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. I, you... I made sure to take that into this, my sabbatical. Mm-hmm. Did you develop any uh, new routines or new hobbies or anything you didn't expect would happen, but you ended up enjoying on your sabbatical? New hobbies or interests. Um, So I don't know if this is necessarily a hobby or an interest, but um, with having a a baby now, um, my wife and I found that there's just so much more, especially because it's quite expensive to go on bigger trips now. Mm-hmm. There's so much in a local context to, to go and explore yeah. and to do. Uh, and so we did lots of little day trips. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and sometimes it's even just to a park mm-hmm. that has been in your community for a hundred years, but you've just never thought about going there before. And so, um, yeah, I kind of spent some time in July kind of mapping out kind of unique places like that, Mm. doing some Googling. So I don't know if that is necessarily a hobby or an interest thing, but I think I've uh, found I've discovered a lot more, whether it's local within Delta or even just in the lower mainland of just unique things that I never knew about um, Mm. or would have even guessed existed. Mm-hmm. So that, that was kind of a fun component to almost tour your own mm-hmm. province and discover things. Did you have a favorite? Uh, so so Lennon, she really loves uh, things in the sky. So birds, <laughs> planes. So we uh, there's um, a walk close to YVR. Mm. And so planes just fly by over mm. all the time. And so that walk was far more exciting with uh, Lennon looking at all the planes and getting <laughs> oh, yeah. pretty excited. So yeah. Nathan and Christiane love going there too. Yeah. Uh, I should go there more often. But um, did you also like when I, when I envision you resting in your happy place I, I correct me if i'm wrong but i picture you in the sun right like warm day you're in the sun your sunglasses on with your family maybe by a nice beach or so and uh opening up a book and relaxing and reading i feel like you're a reader and you enjoy doing that in the sun and i see you do it at a church in the summer months where you bring out your chair in the lawn and you're just reading there so were you able to get uh, some like hobby reading done not the work reading that you have to do of legal documents <laughs> and you know um, uh, commentaries and theological papers but like actual hobby reading Did I you... love how specific your vision of Jordan is it sounds yes. like you spent a well, lot yeah. of time thinking what color was how his shirt Jordan, in this uh, vision spend his I was like yeah this is probably what he's doing uh, what kind of shorts was I wearing <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah no definitely you know like even going back to Mary's question like I already enjoy reading mm-hmm. um, so it's not like that was a new hobby or anything like that but you know over the course of the year you're reading X amount of stuff for whether it's school or yeah. for sermon prep, which I enjoy. Um, but or that bylaws kinda... and policies and COVID <laughs> yeah, guidelines. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, what's, what's the newest that uh, the government of Canada is trying to... Anyway, different <laughs> podcast. Um, so being able to really just have a lot of time to read was pretty exciting. Mm. So, you know, I was able to, to tackle a number of whether it was uh, nonfiction or fiction books. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny, you know, usually during the course of the year, I'm going to sound like an elitist, but I'm not <laughs> because I don't have a ton of time, especially with, um, 
uh, fiction books. I'll Google award-winning books, <laughs> and generally speaking, I'll just the top read. Because <laughs> you don't have a lot of you know leisurely Fair. reading time. Fair. So if I'm going to read something, I want to make sure that uh, it's it's uh, up there. Um, however, over the summer, I had so much time, I was able to basically read anything that kind of mm-hmm. came to whether it was a recommendation from someone or uh, jumped up onto a, a list from a blog or something like that. So mm-hmm. yeah, definitely had a lot of time to read. Whether it was like in your vision, Paul, at the beach with my family, <laughs> or alone on my patio deck while Lennon was sleeping and uh, Christiane was uh, hanging out next to me, um, yeah, I did a lot of reading over the uh, sabbatical. That's good. That's good. No, I think it's uh, it's an awesome um, kind of way to just recalibrate and press the refresh button on on a very exhausting kind of last three years or so for not just us but everyone in the world um, in multiple um, industries and different contexts, but. Um, I'm, I've recognized that you know a lot of us on our team, um, we've we've leaned on getting you know really intentional about our vacation time. Like Mary, you've got a big trip coming up mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Your first big trip, I believe, since COVID. Yeah, it'll be the longest full night I've ever spent together yeah. on vacation. Yeah, yeah. So and and, <laughs> and yeah, we can have a different episode for this. But I know I know that some trips in your past have been not so great because yeah. you guys got sick on the trip yes. and stuff like that. Yeah. So hopefully you'll really enjoy this We're time excited. of rest. Um, but I think it's just so awesome, right? Like, uh, I think one of the things I'm learning about myself as well is that uh, recognizing moments where we need rest, where, where we need to accept mm-hmm. that we're not God and God's not asking us to be Him and uh, that we can trust and rest in Him. And even uh, when we feel like we are so needed that we can't rest, whether it's from work or whether it's from your family or whether it's from other things, I think it's important for us to intentionally get in there. And I'm so glad you had the opportunity. Um, and now that you're coming back to uh, mm. our church family, our staff, and context, and we got some big projects that you knew you would be walking back into, um, what are some things that you're excited about coming back to SDBC and really plugging right back in? Yeah, I think you know, there's uh, maybe, maybe two things kind of immediately come to mind. One maybe more on a kind of staff personal level, and then one more on a kind of bigger church perspective. Mm-hmm. I think from a personal staff perspective, you know, even just going back to um, what you mentioned about uh, the team really handling everything that uh, I might have delegated and doing it in a really uh, excellent way. I think that's just a reflection of um, the team that we have here. Like mm-hmm. we do have a fantastic team. And so I was genuinely excited to be coming back to work, mm-hmm. um, engaging with the team again. There's a number of uh, dynamic people on our staff. And so I definitely missed being able to engage in a day-to-day basis with with people on staff. Uh, I also think our staff is uh, a collaborative staff. And mm-hmm. so I also missed that. Uh, so I think from kind of a, a staff personal perspective, just excited to, to see people again and to start working on projects again. And, mm-hmm. you know, the, our staff is also excited to move the church forward. Right. Yeah. And so it's a, it's kind of a, a cool atmosphere and environment, something that, um, maybe I take for granted, um, and stepping outside of it for three months, uh, kind of made me realize, oh, you know, we actually do have a, a very positive, mm-hmm. uh, engaging, collaborative, innovative, let's move the church forward kind of a staff. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, uh, it's a, an exciting place to work. Mm-hmm. So, so that'd be one thing. And then, um, 
just in terms of uh, general church, you know, so I was gone for three months. And so I'd kind of heard through different people like, oh man, there's new people here. And there's <laughs> these people in front of me I'd never seen before. And <laughs> now that I've been back for a couple of days, I've heard uh, reports of just a ton of new people, yeah. which um, is exciting. But something interesting that, um, and maybe this might even go back to one other thing I didn't necessarily think about with my sabbatical. You know, I, I recently moved into um, a townhome this mm -hmm. past Christmas. And so I've uh, been there now for coming up close to a year. So mm -hmm. over the course of my sabbatical, uh, summertime, I was able to meet neighbors and go for walks and wave at people and get to know people a little bit more, hang out on the streets. And um, our townhome complex has a pool, which was like a hub for nice. meeting people and, uh, and enjoying family time. And so, you know, thinking back over the last five years and obviously COVID um, was a, a huge challenging season and, and we're not completely out of that yet. You know, we had always talked about this idea of changing landscapes mm -hmm. um, and getting ready as a church to embrace our changing landscape and the huge missional opportunity um, that we have and we're, where God has positioned us as a church. Well, I, ex I saw that unfolding before my yeah. very eyes mm -hmm. living in my townhome complex with all these new people. And and my townhome complex is smaller compared to some of the other developments mm -hmm. down on TFN. Mm -hmm. um, there's just gonna be, it's, it's gonna be bigger. Like it's yeah. already big, but mm -hmm. there's gonna be more. And so seeing that kind of just made me realize like, yeah, there is a huge mission field oh, of yeah. people needing Jesus. And our church is positioned to be a gospel proclaimer and to, to be used by God to expand the kingdom and to see life transformed and people come into saving faith. And so that just got me excited. Yeah. Um, so to then come back and hear about all these new people coming, uh, I think just, you know, personally, I'm excited to help facilitate whatever kingdom initiatives our church yeah. um, decides to tackle over the next uh, bunch of years. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think that excitement is so palpable with both within our church community, but in, in our city, like South Delta in general, we're seeing such a um, diverse growth, right? Um, in my town, I also moved into a townhouse complex recently, right? And it's like tons of young families. Mm -hmm. And I'm seeing that reflected in the new people that are coming to our church. And um, both people who have been Christians who've moved from a different city to come here and looking for a home church, but also people who are coming to church for the first time and um, trying to mm -hmm. see what this is all about. And it's both, it's really exciting. And also uh, we've had to, like we have our communion lunches once, once a month, right? Those are fantastic times to connect. Uh, we're talking about radical hospitality and meaningful connections. And that's one expression of that. And we had to order new high chairs hmm. just because there's so many kids mm -hmm. that come to these things and so many babies and so many young families. And they enjoy being here for lunch with us, getting to know us, um, giving us a chance to get a chance to get to know them. So I think like those types of work environments where there's so much excitement. And mm -hmm. like you said, I, I even wrote the exact same thing that you just talked about. Um, we did that Changing Landscapes uh, sermon series, I think five years ago. Mm. And um, I wrote in the board report last month that, hey guys, like we've been talking about it, praying about it, anticipating it, and look, it's happening, mm. right? God is moving right before our eyes. And um, it's so exciting to be at work um, not just literally our work because we work here as our as our job, but also the elders who volunteer their time for it. They're they're getting to work um, for the Lord, 
And I'm super excited about that. I'm super excited to have you back for it because um, as much as we were uh, really thankful to give you that opportunity, we're also very thankful that we get to have you back on our team mm -hmm. um, and that I almost felt like it was great. And on a certain extent, it's like um, being, uh, you know, hockey, you know, the other team having a power play. <laughs> we got Jordan uh, away for a while. And like, you know how when the power play ends and then you jump in <laughs> to I the rink in. and you're like getting excited, we just killed off the penalty and now we get to go back on the offense. I almost somewhat feel that way that, hey, we've had times of, you know, us as a staff needing to recoup a bit because, you know, physically a lot of our teammates were exhausted from, you know, the um, long pandemic effects and things like that. And now it seems like the momentum is just so amazing that and, and you're you're coming back in almost like a perfect timing. Mm -hmm. And um, there's so much excitement in our city. There's so much excitement in our church. And I'm just so happy and thankful that we get to um, work together in this context again. And uh, I think you know, Mary's just heading off for a couple of weeks for, for vacation, but it's going to be super exciting as we keep coming back with excitement for work. And Jordan, you touched on this, but, you know, not everyone gets to have this work environment. I get that. Um, but we come to a work environment where we're so supportive of each other. We keep saying we're family and we try to honor that mm -hmm. as much as we can. We are a professional group. Yes, this is our jobs and careers. But at the same time, it's um, it is home. It's family. And I, I just love that aspect that when we come back, we come back with an excitement. Uh, we've yeah. missed each other and we're, we're, we're thrilled to get back uh, on the team and work towards a goal, a common goal of mm -hmm. honoring Jesus, loving like Christ, radical hospitality, meaningful connections, growing deeper together. We have these common goals that we wanna hit together. And I think that's somewhat special and something that we can't take for granted. And just super thankful for both of you, our whole team, our elders, our church family. And um, on that note, I think our church family will now get to enjoy you. And hopefully this Sunday will be like a big party where you get to celebrate <laughs> being back officially and where the church family gets to enjoy you as well. So we're going to have you on stage hosting. and It's going to be great. You've learned a new language. Welcome You're going to be translating yeah. Korean. So will be cake in the foyer. <laughs> <laughs> right? There you go. <laughs> will there be cake in the foyer? <laughs> Unclear. I said, I said it on Unclear. the podcast. No comment. <laughs> wanna... Yeah, this podcast is coming out after that Sunday. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I tried everyone. <laughs> Next time. Well, thank you for spending some time with us. I know it's a busy week for you to catch up on uh, all these new things that you have to catch up on and emails to catch up on. Um, but um, yeah, thanks for spending some time with us, uh, allowing our church family to understand a little bit about how you spent your uh, podcast, or not podcast, <laughs> your sabbatical. And if you haven't heard enough, um, if you're listening and you want to learn more about how Pastor Jordan was affected by this um, sabbatical and this awesome opportunity to take time off, um, come find him in the foyer. Um, and he, I'm sure he'd be excited to see you, say hi to you, and, and chat with you. So um, please be in prayer for Pastor Jordan and our team as we get back into things. And um, we will see you in our next episode. Always a pleasure coming on the podcast. <laughs>